coming up on this episode of Up for Debate, we're talking collections. That's right, gather up your Beanie Babies, Lunchbox, and old stamps, because we're going through the things people keep in bulk. What will we collect on this episode? You'll have to tune in to find out. It starts for you right now. This is Up for Debate, episode number 113, recorded May 10th, 2018, collecting your thoughts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast where the two hosts agree on everything. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by our fantastic co-host, a man who collects accolades for being a great friend. It's Matt Mariani. Uh, Hello, Matt. Well, thank you, Sean Jennings. Uh, you are by far the the most skilled deliologist I have ever seen. Bing! That's you said the secret word, Matt. Congratulations. Deliologists. That's right. You know right. what a deliologist does? Uh, from context clues, I can guess, but why don't you tell us what it really means? A uh, deltiologist collects postcards. Oh. Postcard collectors. I love postcards. Yeah. Those are great. Um, they don't do those a, anymore. One fun word that – and I, I think collecting postcards is pretty cool or, or postage stamps. Um, one who collects stamps – is called. Do you want to guess what they're what they're called? A a postophile. I don't know, Matt. What are they called? Is called a philatelist. Oh. <laughs> I think a postophile would mean you want to have sex with mail. Um. Probably. Yeah. Probably. That's something else. Uh, yeah, Matt, we're talking collections this week. Now, before we get into that, um, I'll give you the option. Did we want to do a movie league update? Or do we want to roll uh, right yeah, into collections? Well. Well, what, is, what is someone who collects movies? Oh, that would be a, a film... Uh, a cine... A cine a cinephile. A cinephile. Yes, yeah. there you go. Well, for all the cinephiles cinephile. out there... Uh, we're in the middle of our 2018 Summer Movie League right here on the program, uh, and so let's dive into the Movie League Minute. Um, this past weekend, we had uh, Avengers Infinity War continuing its record pace. It topped over $450 million domestically and over a billion dollars worldwide in a record 11 days, uh, smashing records left and right. Great for Disney in second place was Overboard, uh, the remake of the 1987 film, this time with Anna Faris. It brought in $14.75 million, uh, bringing its uh, total to that. And then in third place, A Quiet Place continued its impressive run, another $7.6 million for a domestic total just shy of $160 million. Very impressive. In fourth, Amy Schumer's I Feel Pretty with an estimated $4.9 million for a domestic total of $37.8 million. One other interesting note, Marvel's Black Panther brought in another $3.1 million this late into the release, pushing the film's domestic to $693 million, just $7 million shy of becoming the third film ever to reach $700 million domestically. Uh, now, next weekend, we'll see the release of two major films, the first being Breaking In, the thriller starring Gabrielle Union. It'll be at over 2,500 theaters. It was purchased in our league by Sarah for $5. Also releasing next weekend, Melissa McCarthy's latest comedy, Life of the Party from Warner Brothers. It'll be in over 3,500 theaters. It was purchased by Colby and Emily in our league for $8. Now, where does the league stand? Well, we only have two players with actual money. Kaylee and Brian, Dan and Matt don't have any movies released yet. They're all tied for third. In second place with $14 million. 
all of which coming from Overboard and the Life of the Party next weekend. After that, in first place by quite a large margin, uh, mainly due to Avengers Infinity War, Sarah has $453 million, a very good head start. Uh, she also has Breaking In coming out next weekend. That has been your Movie League Update Minute. Back to you, Matt. Okay, thanks, Sean, uh, for that Movie League Update. Um, yeah, Marvel Infinity Wars continues to do some serious damage out there in the box office. I think that was a really good pickup and uh, seems to be paying off pretty well for Sarah. I mean, I really, at this point, I think the only film, the only films that could beat it would be Solo or The Incredibles. I don't think any of the other superhero stuff, I don't think Deadpool will beat that. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't think Ant Man will beat that. I don't think Jurat. I don't. I think that's going to be a hard one to beat. It's going to be a tough one. Yes. Um. But yeah, the uh, the Infinity Wars. I I saw it over the weekend. I know we were talking about this briefly before the show. I saw it. it was it was really good. Um. And I don't even know if I plan on helping my own cause here and going to see Deadpool. Like. Well, uh, uh, I don't know. Early I, reviews. I saw Infinity Wars. It was great. Early reviews are coming mm -hmm. out for Deadpool 2. They say it really improved over the original. And I know a lot of people like the original. Okay. So. Yes. Um, that, that, cause I was, I thought the first one was just okay. So if it improved a lot, that, that really intrigues me. So that'll be coming in a couple um, weeks. Yeah. Now, uh, Matt, as you, uh, so scientifically mentioned at the top of the show, we're talking collections this week. I'll start. Matt, do you collect anything? Um, I don't. I don't collect anything at the moment, but I haven't. I've collected things in the past. So I guess um, just a brief rundown of my little personal collecting history. Mm -hmm. um, when I was very young, I inherited uh, a nice pog collection from my mom. She she had she collected a, a number of pogs, um, gave them over to me. A family heirloom. Uh, yeah, indeed. A family heirloom. They came in a really cool carrying case, like this Jetsons-looking tube. Um, and uh, I, I really liked my Pog collection. I don't know what happened to it. I still have it somewhere. Uh, it, but it was it was – those were pretty great. Um, then I moved on, of course, to uh, – caught up, got caught up in the whole Pokemon card collecting phase. Um and the game that went along with it. I still have my, my binder somewhere of all the Pokemon cards that I had accumulated over the years. Uh, I got into like a little bit of coin collecting. Um, I would just, I started out by just finding like really, really old pennies that had like, uh, just look really cool. And I put them in a little tin jar. Um, and then that evolved into like foreign coins and, old coins and just a general coin collecting. And I, I thought that was a really neat little hobby, uh, for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, and now, yeah, then, then after that, I guess like around high school, I started, a um, playing card collection. Like whenever I'd go on trips or anywhere, any, like any, any place I would buy a deck of cards from wherever we went. Um, and so I started up like a little playing card collection, which is, a, I think that's a, that's a pretty neat hobby because those are things you can easily get. If you're, you go, just go to a gift shop uh, and, and like any gift shop will have 
uh, customized playing cards. Yep. Um, so I got I had a, a at its at its zenith I think I had like fifty three decks separate decks of playing cards. Wow, um, pretty impressive, pretty substantial collection. Um, and all those are still back at my parents' house. Um, and yeah, and 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 that's that's where we're at today. I. I wanted to collect keychains for a while. I had like a, like a, a, a an intention of collecting keychains, and because I thought that would be another neat one. But keychains, they've kind of gone. They've like come and gone. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was a there was definitely a time for keychains, whereas playing cards are, have, are sort of are sort of timeless. Yep, keychains I think are really like come and gone, and like not every place you visit is going to have a. Uh, like a keychain, a unique keychain to its location. Yeah. Whereas, I, like, yeah. Yeah, I think keychains too. Uh, they're more cheaply made now than they used to be as well. I don't, you know, playing cards. They're kind of the same as they've always been. Something like a shot glass or like a mug, or I'm just trying to think of other things. T-shirts, even if you're into. But I feel like um, keychain. Just the quality has really gone down on those over the years. Sure. Same yeah. with pens. I know a lot of people collect pens when they go places too, and I feel like the quality of those have really gone down. They used to have nice metal, sort of real collectible ones, and these days they're they're just not very nice. Right. Um, yeah, you can come across some real shoddy pens and and keychains alike. Yeah. Uh, do you collect anything, Sean? Are you a, are you a collector? Um, you know, man, I, uh, I kind of would like to be, I'm not at the moment, uh, as you said, I had, uh, some Pokemon cards growing up, uh, hilariously, they sat in storage for a long time and my sister is a sixth grade teacher and apparently Pokemon are all the rage now. The kids love Pokemon. She asked me, uh, if I would donate my cards to the kids and apparently, uh, cause they have all new cards now. They've never seen the old cards and I donated, and apparently they went nuts. They 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 loved it. They were all excited. I wasn't using them, and they weren't worth anything. I did Google that. Uh, yeah. And so I don't have that collection anymore. Uh, my parents collect uh, those tall shot glasses, and they've got a they must have eighty of them. Um, and every time I travel anywhere for like work, I always get one um, for my mother. So someday I may inherit that. Uh, what I collect, um, you know, Matt, it's interesting. I would say I collect two things. One, since about 2006, 2007, every ticket to every movie, ballpark, museum, theater, event, I've kept all of them. Really? Yes. I have an envelope full of them. That's good. And I don't know why. I I don't know why. I I never, uh, I didn't picture you as a was one of those ticket collector people, but yeah, I don't really brag about it, but, uh, but no, every, I, yeah. I think that's really cool. I think that in, in that kind of, that's a very personal collection. So like, it's very unique to you. Uh, there's no way that anybody else, unless they've gone to the exact same movies, exact same like events as you can, can replicate that. And it's cool to have that kind of a thing to look back on. And, and and see and be like, oh, I remember this exact event. Like, well, I remember going to this one. And um, actually, I, I like come to think of it. Yeah, I, I, I did the same thing for movie tickets and baseball tickets. 
back when I was in middle school till probably I left high school. Yeah. Um, and, and I had a, I had a little, a nice little stash of, of, uh, movie tickets. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's um, good for me. I, you know, I don't I don't have the world's strongest memory. I don't always remember I did stuff. So it is nice to look back. Oh, that's right. I forgot I went there. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did that. And, you know, my my very long term goals, I'd like to frame them at some point, you know, do do a collage and do a nice big framed piece. Um, I have to get around to that. Other than that, um, mugs. I love mugs. Um, I, I don't have an, enough to, for me to consider it a collection. But like you get playing cards every time I go somewhere, I get a mug. Um, and so, uh, that's a small collection. Um, but no, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a big, I'm a big collector by any means. Hmm. Yeah. Um, some people are really big collectors of interesting things. Some normal, some a little questionable. Um, you are the Segway pro tonight. Look at you. <laughs> You guided that. That was that was the the smoothest landing we've ever had. Yeah, ten out of ten. Matt, tell us about some of those collections. Oh, um, so, so I, I came across um, the uh, uh, it, an interesting assortment of collections. So where to where to start? Where to start? Uh, would you like to me. know? I, I guess since coin collecting seems to be the most popular. Sure. Um, do you know where the biggest coin collection? Who owns the biggest coin collection? The U.S. government. Well, they it's make kind the of coins. cheating, but it's it's actually uh, you're not too far off. It's the uh, Museum of American History. Oh, that's in nice. Washington D.C. The National Numismatic Collection. A numismatic is one who collects coins. They have over one million coins, decorations, and paper currency. What do you what do you think that's worth just in the face value of that currency? Um like I would love to know I'm sure it's not written anywhere, but I would love for someone to be like, it's worth thirteen thousand dollars. And you're like, oh, that's yeah. really interesting. Um you wanna know what it's worth? What is it worth? It's worth um over two hundred million dollars. Wow, that is that is a good collection. Yeah, over well over two hundred million dollars, um, as well. So the that's the uh, that's the sticker price for this collection in the uh, in the Smithsonian. Is it for sale? Is that why they mentioned the price? Can I buy it? Um, that one is not for sale, but a similar collection, the most valuable private U.S. coin collection, um went up for auction back in 2015. Uh, and, oh, and it it, uh, it sold on your birthday, hey. May 19th. Did, just tell everyone when my birthday is. Yeah, make sure you send Sean gifts on May 19th, by the way. Coming coins, up. I want coins. Um, and you don't want to know how much it sold for? How much? $10 million. $50 million. Is this prices right no. rules? Actually, just the most expensive item from the collection was an 1804 silver dollar, considered to be the most famous coin in the United States, and that went up for $10 million. Wow. What a, what a ripoff. 
1804 silver dollar. Yeah, really. It's very interesting to note that that, you know, it's at one point that was worth, um, you know, going from a dollar or at least around a dollar. Although to be fair, man, with inflation, it might actually be worth $10 million today. From 1804? Yeah. You know, mm. this crazy inflation. I know. The economy is nuts, man. <laughs> the economy, am the I right? It's value in. We place value in very interesting ways. Like, you know, it's all a social construct. Um, so, I mean, I think I think when people, most people think collecting right off the bat, they think coin collecting. Sure. Um, uh, have you ever looked, they, they considered a collection of something uh, like cars? Sure. You know who has the biggest car collection? Uh is it is it Jay Leno or Jerry Seinfeld? No, it's actually it's not Jay Leno. It, Jay Leno is very jealous of this guy. Uh, Jay Leno actually very much dislikes him. Uh, it is the Sultan of Brunei. Oh, he he is a avid car collector. And the first thing that comes up when you search for the biggest car collector is the world's biggest car collector is a dick and Jay Leno hates him. Okay, that's fair. I get that. He actually, fun fact, Jay Leno and his wife uh, showed up at a protest at the Beverly Hills Hotel back in 2014 to protest a series of laws instituted by the sultan uh the sultan of brunei his name is hassanal bolkia bolkia um is known as a a collector of fine automobiles uh some have even said to the extent of hoarding being a hoarder of expensive cars uh he uh has not been taking care of his cars um the car collection has sat in various states of rot for years um, but, um, let me see what, uh, what Jay Leno was protesting. Seems mm. to be, uh, he, he seems to be protesting like the the conditions is, i'm sorry this this article is weird it yeah, starts no, talking okay. about jay leno mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it starts talking about like human rights in in brunei mm. where is that so brunei is um if you if you go to like you know indonesia yeah. It's like right near Indonesia. Okay. It's Southeast Asia. Sure. It's an island country. Um, with a, with a lot of cars. Yeah. Okay. So he actually is um, protesting human rights violations. Mm. But in, it was really uh, about the cars. Yeah. Uh, human rights violations that this guy, Brunei, um, but people are, are speculating it's really because he refused to sell cars to yeah. to Jay Leno. But yeah. Anyway, he showed up at a at a. He does not like this guy. 
but he does own the world's largest car collection. Wow, that is impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I probably own the world's smallest with one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There, does does having zero cars count? Well, that's not. A, I, I mean, it's it's debatable anti- if one is a collection, but I'm pretty sure zero is definitely not a collection. Yeah. Oh, I would um, I would not be a great car collector. No, why is uh, that? Just the uh, picturing the amount of time and maintenance that it would is a require. large thing I, I to can't, collect. Like that's a very high maintenance collection, like oh, sure. uh, item to collect. Like coins, you know, need to be cleaned. They need to be like presented and. Uh, yeah, but there's no regular maintenance. I mean, once they're clean, they're clean. You know, with a car, it's got yeah, so many parts to it, especially if you want to drive them. I yeah. mean, I guess if you plan to never drive them, it's not as bad. Right, which clearly seems in this guy's case, the Sultan's case, uh, he's left many of them in a state of disrepair, Yep, according to the article. Um, so, uh, I mean... It, it just seems like a bad idea. I don't know. But there are some people that are really avid car enthusiasts. So I guess if, you know, if that's your thing. Um, what, uh, what, what, what collections have you come across in your uh, collecting research? Uh, Matt, are you familiar with oology? Nope. Oology, O O L O G Y. it up. Oology. Yeah, is somebody who collects ghosts? What is this? <laughs> no, it's oh, somebody. Oology. No, even better. Someone who collects bird eggs. Man, mm. bird eggs. Uh, and uh, when you're co- apparently, there are people who collect bird eggs. When you collect the eggs, normally the whole clutch of eggs is taken. Uh, because eggs will rot if the contents are left inside, they must be blown to remove the contents. Uh, have you ever seen anyone blow an egg? Yes. I've, I've actually done it myself. Yeah, yeah. it's a neat, neat little process. Um, mm-hmm. Although collectors will take eggs at all stage of incubation, freshly laid eggs are much easier to blow. Um, now, interestingly enough, it is a crime um, in a lot of places, uh, such as in the U.K., to collect wild birds' eggs, it's illegal. You can't do it. It's only legal to possess a wild bird's eggs if it was taken before 1954 or with a permit for scientific research. Selling of the eggs is illegal. Um, however, it is an underground or illegal activity in the UK. You could you could face six months in prison for collecting yeah. bird eggs in the UK. Wow. Imagine, what are you in for? Collecting bird eggs. Collecting bird, but I take the egg part out, so it's just the shell. It's like, <laughs> yeah. wow. Yeah. So, there you go. Interesting stuff. Really, yeah. Hmm. Um, do they collect, like, design? is it designer eggs or uh, Fabergé eggs or? I think that's the wrong kind of egg, Matt. I don't, yeah, I don't think that egg counts. Eggs? Like, what kind of eggs do they collect? Yeah, no, they, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, wild bird eggs, I think, is the, I don't think they're collecting, like, chicken eggs. I think that's probably a little boring. But, uh, but yeah, all kinds of, all kinds of wild eggs, uh, which is, which is exciting. 
Um, so there's that. Now, Matt, let me ask you a question. Okay. We're, we, we've been a little scientific about this, but I'm going to ask you a kind of a personal question here. If you were given an unlimited budget and amount of time, what would you like to collect? What, what do you think would be a fun collection to own? Um, huh. If, if I were given, do you say an unlimited amount of time and money? Yep. Yep. This is purely hypothetical in your ideal situation. They say you can collect anything, but you know, one thing, but you can collect anything you want. I would collect human souls, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a great answer. The souls what? of my enemies, the souls of my friends. What are you, the Ghostbusters? Human souls. Oh, I would Lord. collect them and I'd keep them in a big jar. In a giant jar. I mean, I did no, give you, you unlimited money and time. You're essentially immortal and all powerful. So that was that was yeah. The first thing I thought of was just be somehow figuring out how being to harness a super villain. souls. Yeah, and, and being a, being a Marvel villain. Yeah, the Soul Collector. Um, yeah, I think I think I remember me. that one from the comic books. No, I I, I think I really like uh, one of the things I read about was fossil collecting. Oh, that's neat. Which, um, yeah, a lot less neat than collecting souls, but it's kind it's kind of the same thing when you think about it. Like these are these are like preserved creatures mm -hmm. that that existed millions of years ago that are in stone, um, and you can have them in your house and put them on display. I think that'd be pretty neat, and I I think that um, especially some of the like the more prominent stones like they would have really cool stories that's what i would really like is the the stories that would go with it mm -hmm. like oh i found this one while i was hiking in uh the grand canyon yeah, it's or, a very like, involved oh, hobby yeah china yeah yeah um to like as I, I was doing a little reading about how to get into fossil collecting and that seemed pretty neat um in the same tone i think i'd also really like to collect rocks like um be like an armchair geologist sure like uh rocks and crystals and metamorphic rocks i don't know um i think that'd be a pretty cool collection to have too uh, one that wouldn't require a whole lot of maintenance and actually would be pretty cheap so if i if i had unlimited money uh this is this actually just seems like a collection i could just start doing yeah, like you, right I mean, now. you know, in small scale, sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't see why not. Yeah. Um, how about you? What would you collect? Um, I, That's a good question. That's actually a hard question because there's really nothing I would say that I like super want to collect. Uh, but if I kind of had to choose, I'd probably collect vending machines. Oh, okay. Like everything from... Basically anything you'd put a quarter in. So from a Coke machine to a snack machine to a jukebox to our, I guess, arcade games. They're really not really a vending machine. Um, but any of those sorts of items uh, from all different, those old cigarette machines, um, I just think they're neat. I just think they're neat. And, uh, and I could have a whole big, like Jay Leno has a big airplane hanger full of cars. I could have an airplane hanger full of vending machines and I could just put quarters in and get, get whatever I wanted. Nice. Yeah, that would be. Uh, would cool. you? What about one of those machines where you put the penny in and it squishes it? 
Oh, those, yeah, totally. Absolutely. All that, were, any kind of, sick. any kind of automated machine you can put money in, you know, like the ones in the bathrooms where you can get like Tylenol or a condom out of them like those. <laughs> yeah. Totally. What about, um, what about the, uh, the claw machines? Oh yeah. No, no, no. We, and then we do it's there, Cause there'd be a whole like traditional vending machine section and there'd be a whole arcade section. And then, I, yeah. and then and then you got it. We'll have claw machines. We'll have all the different the old arcade games. We'll have the new ones. Um, you know, cruising USA. We'll have all we'll have all the good ones. Um, nice. The the gumball machines where you put a quarter in and you turn it and a little candy comes out. Well, we'll have the ones where you pull a news. You put a quarter. A newspaper comes out. They're all stacked inside and. Yeah. So at um, where I used to work at the the stables office supply store that I used to work back in high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, they had a vending machine there that would give you like complete dinners. Like there was uh sandwiches oh, on the little rotating yeah. trays. How do you feel about those kinds of machines? Well, first of all, I didn't know those still existed. So <laughs> what year was this Matt? 2008. That is shocking to me that that was still a thing. B who fills them? Uh, like, where does the food come from? That's a really good question. Uh, I, I, that's the only place I've ever seen one of these things. That's, uh, I, like, don't, I don't I, know who fills them. That's a, that is a really good question. And, and is it cold in the inside? I would hope so. Yeah, I would to keep think. The food cool. But the food never came out cool. There were like frozen bur there were like burgers in there. You could like put it in the microwave. I mean, Personally, I would never eat food out of one of those, but I'm not <laughs> super shocked that you did. And more power to you. Um, I think that's great. It was I, I I had it once or twice, and it was in a pinch. It was like yeah. if I forgot my lunch or if that's I was working trying. an extra shift or something. Yeah. And I yeah. I get that. But, um, um. No, you know what? I I I yeah. I'd probably have some. The problem is no one would stock it, Matt. But you did get me on. This is we're entering tangent territory, but I think that's okay. When are we going to bring back the automat? Uh, probably never. That's what did, I love that idea for a restaurant. Um, for, for the folks out there who aren't familiar with what an automat is, um, these were big in the U.S. back at the turn of the century, nineteen hundred, even as late as like the sixties. I think they were still around. But the idea is, uh, there was um. Uh, a wide counter with a bunch of um, windows or doors in this wall, and each one would have a meal in it, kind of like what you were describing. And you'd go up to it, you'd put a quarter in, open the door, and pull the meal out. On the other side of the wall was a kitchen that was just pumping out all kinds of random meals. It was like a cafeteria almost. Um, they actually called them cafeterias in a lot of cases. Um, and uh, and you would go and you'd choose your food, and then you would take it and you would eat it right there at the at the cafeteria. They were great meeting places. Um, because of what you would just grab a random table with your, you'd take your food, sit down and grab a random table. Hmm. Um, and they don't, they don't really do them anymore. Why Matt? Um, I think it's because I think that style is very, maybe people thought it was very like socialist. I don't know. According to Wikipedia, it was threatened by fast food, which was faster. 
um, and oh, more payment go. flexibility. And also that all these automats were built to take coins and then the food became too expensive to be bought conveniently with coins. Yeah, that's more like it. My, my idea was dumb. Yeah, definitely, definitely that. Um, is, does, do any automats still exist? So again, according to Wikipedia, some companies have tried, but nobody has really successfully brought it back. The last like super notable one closed in 1991 in New York City, where they were quite popular. Hmm. So I can see. Also, when you think about it, like a lot of companies today have have cafeterias built right into their campuses, like. So that's, you know, you, you go and you buy the food, like what you described sounded very much like a cafeteria style. Yeah, so. I, I think I think I think this wouldn't work today because I think we live in an age where it's delivery takeout culture, where it's if you're going to go and sit and eat at a place, you want it to be a restaurant. I feel like this is more analogous to like a diner concept, sort of. But I just it's like think a diner where you help yourself, kind of. But like, you're gonna have, le- but it's like, it's not as convenient. It's like a less convenient buffet, you know, where it's like, yes. you, you don't have a lot of options. I feel like this would work really well as like, and a lot of the old automats were popular because of this as like a coffee and pie stop, rather than a full dinner. You know, like I feel like for specialized meals, you know, pre-made breakfasts on the go type thing. Um, I, I think it could work in very specific cases, but I don't think it could ever be as, as big as it once was. Yeah. Um, it, it just seems like it's become kind of obsolete or overshadowed by other concepts. You know, it's not, it's, it's not as open-ended as a, as a buffet, but like you said, it's not as sit downy and fancy as a diner. Or, or restaurant. <laughs> but apparently, they're, they're st- in a lot of places, they're still popular overseas, in Spain, in the Netherlands, in Japan. Uh, so other companies are, are doing it. Hmm. So, anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get us off on a tangent, but I would yeah. love to go. To, I find uh, automats fascinating. They are interesting, yeah. And, and the fact that they just kind of came and went. Yeah, uh, yeah they were around real, for, a, for a little while. An item of the time. I mean, they were around for fifty years, but they were really a, 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 a very specific to that time um, when mm. when food wasn't fast like that, and coin operation machines were. I mean, if I collected them, a lot of them would be from that era. That's when they really took off. Cool. So, anyway, I guess if um, if I also had unlimited time and money. Like artifacts would be a pretty cool thing you, to collect. You want to be Indiana Jones. That's what this yeah. is about. It belongs in a museum. I would do a combination <laughs> of like I would find some in my adventures since I'm basically immortal. And yeah. uh, I would also buy some since I have unlimited money. Uh, in, a, in an ideal world, I would have a very nice, very well taken care of uh, artifact collection. Basically, I would own a museum. Yeah, you want to? Yeah, just use the money to buy a collection that already exists. Then you don't have to do the work. I would exactly. I would own and operate my own museum. It'd be really cool. Matt, you're kind of describing yourself as a villain in a kids' movie, where like yeah. the, the kids' beloved, and you're like the rich man who comes in and buys the museum to turn it into a private collection, and the kids have <laughs> to band together to save their beloved museum. 
Yeah, I'm noticing in every one of these examples, like, <laughs> except for the geology one, like, that's the only one that seemed like with to have pure intentions. Yeah, I think your um, your your limitless life and finances have really corrupted you. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I'm the guy that wants to put human souls into a <laughs> giant <jar>. dollar. <laughs> just keep the lid on it. Awful. Yeah. Um, I think collecting could be fun. So, um, Sean Jennings uh-huh. and our viewers at home, uh-huh. I challenge you to okay. start a collection. Start a collection today. Collect pens, collect mugs, collect something that you uh you know have have been thinking about collecting but not really sure how to get into it i think that it could be something that could be very rewarding and i think you could find a lot about your um about a lot about your your item your collecting as well as a lot about yourself in the process so take that first step into the world of collecting things it's a very positive statement. What would a uh, like a you know like how our our era had Pogs and Pokemon cards and I like you mentioned I think Pokemon cards are still surging in popularity. Uh, but what what does the collection of the future look like? Like a like a kid in today and tomorrow's world, what would they be collecting? Well, you know, Matt, that's a that's a that's a really great, even broader than that question because you know, you and I, we both uh, worked, spent time in a college archive, uh, a form of collecting, um, which was a real hoot. Um, enjoyed that quite a lot. But in that archive, after about 1985, 1990, the collection kind of stops. There's no yeah. modern. There's no modern. We don't have stuff anymore. There's nothing to collect anymore because nothing is real. Nothing physically. <laughs> you can't physically. You collect data, you collect files, ones and zeros, man. I was going to say, yeah, a large part of my job in that archive was digitizing yeah. a great deal of the collection. So a lot of the things that are that were tangible at one point have now become uh, you know, ones and zeros on a screen. Yeah, and then you got to, um, to burn the physical ones once they were digitized. Right, right in the furnace. Yep, toss them and right in. That to- Power that to power the, uh, the Dyson college. Center. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, is that why Dyson Center never worked? Um, no. Yeah. So the, um, no, but I. But it's a, no. It is a genuinely good question. What are kids? I think kids today will be nostalgic. I think there's a difference between being nostalgic and then actually collecting because collecting is acting on the nostalgia, right? And I think there's a double whammy for people who are young today, which is one, they will be straddled with so much collective debt in their lives, they'll never be able to afford a collection. And two, um, they don't all the all the physical stuff. I mean, not that pot. I just I look back at some of the old toys of the the forties and the fifties. I mean, they're made of metal. They're very solid. They are they are designed to last. Even the dolls are made with cloth and with yarn. They're they're made. Everything today is. I, I must sound such an old man at this moment, but everything is made so, uh, I think cheaply is not a fair word, but everything is made in a way that is designed to not last. Um, yeah. And I think, that's why even toys of the 80s, I'm surprised, are not more collectible, to, you know, why He-Man isn't more collectible today, and why Power Rangers aren't more collectible today. They are to some degree, 
but the combination of of them not many existing and just that so many were made that I think people aren't as ready or or attached to them. Maybe I'm I promise I won't keep ranting, but maybe also it's this idea. I just thought of this, but maybe it's this idea that back in the day when you had a, a toy or something as a child, you usually had one. And it was your beloved thing. You had one teddy bear or one model plane. Today, kids get a new toy constantly. And that's not an indictment on modern society. It's just simply a fact that when I think of all the toys I had over the years, there wasn't one that stood above the rest. There wasn't one that I beloved. There wasn't one that, you know, Pokemon, if Pogs was in, then it was Pokemon, then it was this, then it was that. I just think that that they're not as attached to one specific thing because a collection is really built around one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, I get what you're saying. Yeah, things are definitely like they've lost their permanence. Mm. Yes, this is a very good um, way to put it. And I think that's why if you if you know, I think the collections of the future, you're going to see one of two things. You're going to either see people with digital collections, sure, digitized collections. They already have started that with like e-trading e cards and um, digitized cards. And they use the, um, I think they use like a, they put a, like an environmental spin on it, essentially saying like, you know, it's great for the environment to go towards this virtual collecting program and how much of that is true i mean you know your your mileage varies but um i think you're gonna see either that or you're gonna see people start going back to nature and collecting things like seashells sure. and stones and uh you know just cool things that they find out in nature um i think that our generation and the generation underneath us are are ones that are um definitely looking to nature more contrary to popular belief. Like I think that, uh, the outdoors is really making a, a pretty big comeback. Like, uh, state parks have never been more successful and sure. Uh, all that. So I think that, yeah, maybe, maybe people will look toward, I mean, what, what is more permanent than, you know, a fossil that's been here for 4 million years, you know? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I would also say, I think I'd broaden it a little bit, but I think you're right with the sort of, na I think non-manufactured, you know, like people, you know, like people who collect Coca-Cola memorabilia or people who collect advertising signs. I guess that's the same as a Coke. But anyway, those sort of things I do think are going to get phased out. And I think you're right. I think it's going to be things like, like nature. I like things like architecture, I think will be a thing. Um, I think more physical permanent things will be, but I, you know, man, the more I've thought about it as we've talked through this whole episode, are people going to keep collecting things on a broad scale on a broad scale? I'm not saying humankind will stop collecting things, but will collecting go? It's kind of like, Okay, I can't think of a good example, but it's kind of like a, a a many hobbies over time that have gone from being a common man's hobby to a rich man's hobby. You know, I don't play polo or go fox hunting, okay? Now, that doesn't mean I couldn't or it wouldn't be fun. I just simply don't do it because I've been priced out of the market and it's sort of been phased out historically, yet rich people still do it. 
And I wonder if collecting is going to go in that same way. Yeah, we may collect pens we got at Niagara Falls, but to have an actual full-on legitimate collection, is that something the quote-unquote common man uh, will be doing moving forward? I'm very suspicious. Hmm. Uh, I think that, you know, I I don't think collecting is going to go anywhere. Uh, As a modern trend, uh, you know, I think collectors are still out there. It's, it gives people a sense of community. Oh, sure. You know, like conventions, coin conventions, stamp conventions. I, I think those aren't those aren't going to go anywhere. Maybe they're going to change their form, but um, like we said, we're going to we'll see maybe people collecting different things. But I think there's still a place for it. There's still a place for uh, hobbyists, um, and uh, I think that uh, anything that provides a sense of community has a place. Yeah, you know, I, people, guess I guess it. I guess I guess what it means to collect might change. Yeah. I, I don't. I think you're right. I think, but now we see things like, you know, we have fan conventions now. We, we have people getting excited about things, but it's not that they're collecting them. It's that they're enjoying them and being part of the community. I think the idea that you'll have a room full of X or you'll have blank displayed on your walls, that might be what gets phased out. I think people's enthusiasm for certain topics won't. I just think this idea that I'll have a garage full of bobbleheads may not be the future of collecting. I think you're right. It might be digital. It might be more of having the feeling that you collect something than you actually collect something. You know, you're aware of the sort of mythos of what you're collecting. You're aware of the community. You get excited. I feel this way about... Some of the sort of um, artist communities that I follow on Twitter and things like that with some web comics and some really strong artists. And, you know, I don't physically own any of their art. It doesn't hang on my walls, but I still feel a sense of connection because I really enjoy looking at the art and I, I've come to learn who the artists are. And, you know, that's really interesting. But I, is that a collection? I don't know. But it is a passion. It is an interest um, if it's not necessarily a physical collection. Yeah, like you... Um... Like you mentioned, the, the future collections being more digital, uh, what comes to mind is uh, something like achievements in games. Achievements awesome. and, and trophies are, yep. uh, I think, really good examples of the future of collecting. Yes. Now, whether or not that's collecting, um, I think that's up to completely up to interpretation. But that that is definitely – I think it's definitely a form of collection. Um People may criticize it and be like, well, you know, how can you how can you um, justify spending that much time with, with a video game? But I mean, you have it's akin to like, you know, big game hunters. I see it like or, or just hunters in general, you know, like they bring back the, like a um, they bring back, a you know, a, a 14 point buck or something like that. That is a, a you know something that they collected and it's something that they spent hours earning, so to speak. So, like you know, who's to say that uh, somebody spending hours earning an achievement in a game is you know not you know pursuing the same goal, well, meeting their passion? I mean, co- I, I think this feeds right in. The Wikipedia's definition of collecting is. Seeking, locating, acquiring, organizing, cataloging, displaying, storing, and maintaining items that are of interest to an individual collector. I think achievements fall under that. Absolutely. 
there's nothing yeah. in there that has to say it's a physical thing. There's nothing in here that says it has to be valuable. There's nothing in here that says it has to be permanent. There is, it is a very broad definition and I agree with it wholeheartedly. Sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think one, one cool thing about collections is that, that white whale moment, you know, mm -hmm. like that, oh, yeah. that one piece of your collection that you've been really searching for for years and all of a sudden you, you come upon it. That's got to be such an amazing feeling. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't have that yet, but I mean, talking about collecting here makes me really want to uh, consider getting into some kind of collection. You know, I think that'd be kind of neat. Well, and that's what I think is, is interesting about collecting and why I think it's going to change moving forward because you know, you don't just suddenly wake up one day and decide you're going to collect something. That's not usually how I think it works. I think it comes from something in your life that causes you to, to have an interest in that particular set of item or items. You know, no, my, my father collected stamps and I grew up around stamps, so I'm going to collect stamps. Or my father was a pilot. That's why I collect air sickness bags, which is a real thing. Um <laughs> And so that's why I think moving forward, we'll see some difference where the people growing up now, you're right, are going to have different priorities and different interests than the generations before them. Um, and I think when, when we look at things, well, what are we going to collect? I think we have to look back in our lives and, and what gets us excited, what gets us out of bed in the morning, what, 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 what has us searching for that one next item for the quote unquote collection. Um, and that to me is the most beautiful thing about collecting is it's not about the physical stuff. The physical stuff only has value because we say it has value. The value is in the journey. The value is in the mystery. The journey is in the discovery, um, of these, of these items, doing it by yourself, doing it with others, doing it with a community. Um, that's, that's why collecting is really neat. Yeah. Definitely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just looking up a, a cool quote about collecting. Um, collect things you love that are authentic to you and your house becomes your story. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I think it's why people are mm -hmm. so proud to display their collections. Collecting isn't traditionally a secret thing. It can be. If you cross in a hoarder territory, then that's a whole other discussion. But yeah. Um, that's, but it is, it is something you can be proud of and, and really, really put out there for people to enjoy. Yeah. I mean, can't be that bad. It, it encourages people to get out there and pursue their passions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you're out there, if you collect something interesting, we'd love to hear about it. You can tweet a picture of it, of your collection at us. Add up for debate TV or send us an email up for debate TV, uh, up for debate TV at gmail.com. Let's Maybe know you, you collect. collect podcasts, and if you collect podcasts, you definitely want to check out our sister podcasts, Don't Panic, and Game Nights. You remembered. Very good. <laughs> it has been a while since we've done that one, so. It really has. I was worried you really had forgotten. So far, we've been, my dice have been collecting something. They've been collecting <laughs> uh, dust. So. Yeah. That would be that. That would D and D memorabilia. That would be a fun collection. Yeah. Some of the yeah, some of the original. Cool. I'm sure those like very original first version play manuals are probably worth a lot of money. I would think. Yeah, uh, funny you mentioned it. Um, I was checking out. Uh, we have a local used bookstore, mm -hmm. 
and I just discovered the other day an entire section. This is now this this is not like a typical bookstore. This is like more like a warehouse, but <laughs> filled with used books, used DVDs, um, CDs, old video games, really like awesome. ever, anything you could imagine um, in that kind of, of medium. But I, I just discovered yesterday that the the um, the game manual section for nice. tabletop. So there's a whole section of uh, I, I didn't I, I only perused it for like about a minute, but there's D and D manuals in there. There's like uh, all kinds of uh, Pathfinder series manuals and Warhammer, like really like the possibilities are endless. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some like really cool old throwbacks. Um, and each one is like a dollar. So yeah. I think I'm going to have to you know revisit that. That's a great thing to collect. Maybe for a future adventure. You never know. Going back in time, there are a lot of a uh, lot of games out there to play. Yeah, that yeah. Is for but sure. we um, once we get through Colby's Wild Adventure. Yes, I will recommend since you've so nicely segued us into plugs. I'll recommend everyone go to GameNights.tv. We just published a new episode last weekend where Matt and I get crabs. It's a lot of fun. Um, I guess Colby and Dan are also involved in the crabs as well, uh, and we meet a new friend. Which is rare because usually we're killing people, but in this time we let him live. So, um, yeah, for now. For now. We'll see. So, it was a fun episode. You can check that out, and we'll have another new episode. 50 50 shot. It comes out this weekend, if not the following weekend. Uh, I got a lot of stuff going on this weekend, but, uh, but we'll try and get it out as soon as possible. Uh, and uh, you can subscribe to the show at gamenights.tv and check it out there. It's a lot of fun. Anything else, Matt? Um, Anything I don't think collections so. You want to? We've, we've kind of touched on everything. I purposely avoided some of the grosser collections oh, that I came sure. across. People collect some weird, weird shit, and I I didn't want to venture into that territory. Yeah. I I was I wanted to keep I wanted to keep our images of collecting pure. And pure uh, and I'm very glad. So, yeah. The the great yeah. thing about collections is you can collect anything. The bad thing about collections is that you can collect anything. So. I, I agree that that is a section to steer clear of. So we will do so. Yeah. So we hope that sure. you collected some good memories of yeah. this podcast. Uh, if you'd like to see more collect, if you'd like to collect, God damn it. If you'd like to collect more good memories of this podcast, you can check out our previous episodes uh, at upfordebate.tv debate slash TV slash up for debate you sound like a broken robot <laughs> tv dot up for debate dot com dot dot biz slash tv dot html <laughs> backslash website uh yes no you can go to up for debate dot tv as always you know Matt, we got a little time left here at the end of the show um and so i was thinking this was i was gonna pitch this to you at some point but we can do it now on the air so the folks at home can enjoy it um what i want to do because we you know we do these plugs during each of the shows right get some cross promotion going but mm-hmm it's, you know, we do it. But I was thinking, what if we pre-recorded a promo, okay? And then I could just edit it into the show. So that way we didn't have to do it. It would break up the shows a little bit. So like you're listening, you don't panic. And then we say, all right, we'll be back after these messages. And then we play an up for debate promo. Like okay. a little commercial, a little commercial for the show. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so I don't, what, what, would, what would our commercial be? What would our little mini commercial be? We just need like 30 seconds. 
Uh, well, Up for Debate is a show about topics that we pick and learn about and talk about and argue about on your podcast. That's right, Up for Debate, the weekly podcast about topics. That's fair. And we and we, we also yeah. A new topic every week and we talk about it and we want you to talk about it with us. We always put our unique spin on every topic. Sometimes it's a bracket challenge. Sometimes it's a creative challenge. Sometimes we do uh, leagues, exciting fantasy leagues, uh, whatever. Everything's up for debate here. That's why it's called Up for Debate. The debate show where the two hosts agree on everything. You can get a, new episodes weekly on our website at upfordebate.tv. If you find the episode where we don't agree about things, you win a special prize. You do not win a special prize. Yes, you do. I cannot triple underline that. Cannot. John will get you a special prize. You do not get a, the special prizes. There's no prize. Ugh. The most special of prizes. See what I mean? We're always up for debate. I think we got it, Matt. That was very good. Thank you. I will try to cobble some something coherent out of that. <laughs> good luck. Um, and, you know, the other thing I was thinking about this in the car the other day, too. We don't have I don't think we we need a better way to end the show because usually it's just, you know, uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on for more up for debate. But that's not like what's a what's a more signature way we could end the show every episode. We're doing some housekeeping here tonight. What if we like had some kind of gong and we just banged it every like <laughs> that sound means, you know, we're not up for debate anymore. We're closed for debate. We could just play Closing Time by Semisonic. Oh, God, I hate that song. Closing Please. Closing Time. Oh, God, I hate that song so much. That song sucks. We need to do an episode on bad 90s music at some what point. If I, what if I shake this thing? This I have a jar of nuts. If I shake it back and forth, well, I, would that be where we end the show? I was thinking we could have like a, you know, we could be like, I'm Sean. And then you say... And I'm Matt. And we're... And this has been... Up, up for, for debate. debate. Oh, God, no, we can't do Damn that. it. No, that's... I was trying to get it, like, in sync with you. No, all right. Um... You know what we need? We need a gavel. We do. And then we can bang the gavel, and we can we can say, this debate is closed, right? What did they say in Congress? They... Closed for debate. They ching, say ching, ching. meeting adjourned. Debate adjourned. Ding, ding, ding. Podcast adjourned, maybe? Nah, that's more like a judge thing. I don't know if we're... we're... Mm, that's true. Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we're going to have... We might have to workshop. It's not an easy one. No, no. Don't think about it. Okay, we're, we'll work on that. But we'll have to end it like we always do. So on behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Up for Debate. We'll see you next time with more. That wasn't very good. That, that was kind of lame. <laughs> let's, let's, let's give that another shot. So on behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time for more. Up for Debate. <laughs>